T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Having won a championship in Atlanta for one of his favorite teams, we just felt that the Cubs, which were his second favorite team, that bringing a championship to this city was just what we have felt called to do. So to be able to play for two of my grandfather's two favorite teams means literally like the world to me. Dansby Swanson. Talking about, I, I also love that you somehow found this song, Mike Rankin. I was going to send this to you yesterday, Layla. I don't know if you've ever heard the full version of Optimistic by Sounds of Blackness. I don't care what kind of mood that I'm in. This song always puts me in a great mood. Does what it says it does. It's a beautiful song. Because it's it's kind of, it's, it's R&B, but it's really gospel. And it it just feels good. That sounds lovely. It's a it's a really beautiful song. Because the, the, the chorus is as long as you keep your head to the sky. It's so great. Like it's a, What's the rest of it? You can win. The next line is you can win. That's fantastic. I'll, I'll send it to you. Because in, in one of those days when you're like, man, days are messed up. You hit optimistic by sounds of blackness, you'll feel great. And you know, I'm a big... Uh... I like Kirk Franklin a lot, so yeah, it's you catch a you can catch a good vibe from that song, and it can mean a lot to a diff, to a lot of different people, but it just feels good. I love that. Hey, yeah, good. Not like that. That's different. What? Halle Berry, Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, I never saw that movie. Yeah, you don't need to. I mean, the performances are great, but nope. Yeah. I only watch movies on like airplanes or something, and I don't think that one's appropriate. I don't think they're showing that one on the airplane. If they are, that's a whole new airline. I need I need one of those G screen protectors on the phone that is black to everybody who's not looking right at it. Yeah. No, that seems like a lot of work to watch that movie. Probably more worth than more work than it's worth. Nope. Then I'm out. I'm lazy. That's also not true. Woman who is just here for another two hours before she heads to her other job that she's going to be at all day. I don't know. It depends on who you ask around places. Ooh. The tea. Layla Rahimi is here with me until two o'clock. In fact, she'll be here tomorrow and Friday while Dan Mexico is in Cabo. 
hanging out looking at Lucha Dore masks for us that he didn't buy. Sure seems like a lot of work I didn't have to do. <laughs> the the level of petty and the subtweet of Layla is... A, I hope that you all appreciate it the same way I do. I don't think they do because they didn't know what happened, which mm, is good. This is true. This is very, very true. The Cubs have had a very interesting offseason where I think that if we were doing this 10 days ago and we were talking about the Cubs offseason, there would be a lot of upset Cubs fans. But then they they get Dansby Swanson, I guess 11 days ago. They get Dansby Swanson and they move they look like they're moving in the right direction. So here's what we wanted to do. And and they have a shortstop uh they have a shortstop who signed before Carlos Correa. Yeah, and and clearly doesn't have any medical issues, at least ones that will pop up on a routine exam. And how that whole thing plays out, I am fascinated by. But they, they've had this offseason now. We're going to set aside time in this segment and the next segment to talk about the Cubs and allow you to talk about the Cubs because Dan and I haven't done the React show where we react to the Dansby Swanson with listeners. like We reacted to it, and then he went to Mexico. We haven't shared it. We haven't shared it. I I am genuinely curious on what Cubs fans think of their offseason, like what they think of the job that Jed did, because I remember us talking about Dansby Swanson, even Sweet Ray. like Ray's like the nicest, sweetest person that we know. And we brought up Dansby Swanson initially before any of the, the shortstop signs. He's like, oh, no Dansby Swanson. And then when the Cubs got Dansby Swanson after he saw everyone sign, he's like, man, I'm so happy they got Dansby Swanson. Well, now I'm really happy when we when you look at what's going on in New York and this whole Carlos Correa situation. And that was so, your hey, man's, right? Like that, it that was, was. It was. I was willing to kind of, you know, Fall in love with the idea of the the star, the headliner of that you know free agent shortstop market, uh, and not necessarily think so much about the health aspect of it. And look at this now; it's looking like obviously it's playing out in the Cubs' favor. I, I don't know I don't how this know thing's going to play out. I don't but, know about that uh, because that's an injury that hasn't given him an issue since he had that plate True. installed. And when right. you're talking about 13 years and 360, 50, I forget the exact number because it ain't my money. That's when that comes into play. But his his production speaks for itself. That's right. why he's commanded that contract from now multiple teams. So to me, that's a different issue. But at the end of the day, you're happy because the Cubs got the shortstop that they needed to help shore up the infield. They got one of the four. And they got exactly they got one of the four, and what was going on was, at least in my mind, and I'm sure in the minds of many Cubs fans, was the idea that man they might not get any of the the four, and so when Carlos Correa went off the board, I was like, come on, man, we gotta get at, we at least gotta come out of here with Dansby Swanson. So I'm very happy with the outcome. Why the listeners gotta be like this? <laughs> Why y'all gotta be like this? What three 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 six texter. Correa is almost injured enough for Rick Hahn to sign him. Oh, why, like why you got to be like this, man? Strays <laughs> today. You gotta be like this? The strays today. I know why you got to be like that, and I understand it. By the way, 
we are going to give the same amount of time to the White Sox in their offseason tomorrow. It's almost like we love you equally. And Isn't who knows? that a concept? I know nobody can handle it, but it might be true. Maybe they'll sign someone else. Maybe eh, they probably won't. Not. Eh, probably not. So here's what we wanted to do. <laughs> You're right, Mike. <laughs> Future Sox Mike Rankin says probably not. The phone number is, and I know it's been a minute since you've been asked to use it, 312-644-6767. The other thing that I, Layla and Ray and I talked about this on, on Monday the other part of this that I like is that this particular week is different and it allows like there are people who are off this week and maybe they're listening to us for the first time as a show or maybe they're able to interact with us in a way that they couldn't before that are now they can. So if you want to text us your thoughts on what the Cubs have done in the offseason or if you would like to call us, the phone number is the same. 312-644-6767. Now let's go back. So, so we can get you reacquainted with everything. Let's go back to Dansby Swanson being on this very show. The three of us were together. We had the opportunity to interview the Cubs' new shortstop. We weren't talking about that hour before he joined the show ever again. Yes, he was able to save our show that we did. Dansby was asked by Layla about the conversation that he had with Jed Hoyer that convinced him to sign. I think that the one thing that I loved uh, them saying was wanting to build a winning culture and wanting to do it, you know, with kind of what I have in terms of vision and, and how that looks, which is just such a, an amazing appeal. You know, I feel like I've been able to be successful in terms of winning everywhere that I've been and something that I strive for. Like winning is my number one and top priority in everything it is that I do. And being able to share a vision like that with, you know, an ownership, uh, you know, family in the Ricketts and, Obviously, Jed and Carter uh, Hawkins uh, wanting to build that same kind of culture is just something that just had my eyes light up right away. And, you know, they they have definitely promised that they will, you know, uncover every rock and stone that there is in order to, to get this, um, you know, organization back to where it belongs. You also mentioned in the press conference knowing Ian Happ, Jason Hayward, and Jock Peterson what did they tell you about Chicago when you were getting ready to become a free agent and then also going through this process? The resounding statement was basically like that it was a perfect fit for who I am and my personality. Um, that just the things that I care about, this organization cares about, the way things are done, you know, just fit me to a T. And this, obviously, this amazing city and, and uh, fan base is, is right there in line with who I am. So, you know, I couldn't be happier to be a part of this organization and couldn't be, you know, more blessed to, you know, be here. And like I said, Jock, Jock is one of my favorites. And, you know, just some of the things that he was saying about the infrastructure of the Cubs and the the willingness to help players grow and to get better would really suit me well. Okay. Now that you hear it back, now that you've had a chance to digest our conversation with Dansby, what do you take from it? I think uh, that that was important because we didn't hear from, Jed Hoyer and at least the televised press conference. So I was happy to at least get some insight as to what the plan seemed to be for him and just how they want to put this team together. His impression of this not being a finished product, I thought was very helpful for us to understand. And I'm hoping he's correct in that. Looking at some of the feedback from Cubs fans. And like you said, you want to text this. 
Same number as calling the the station. 312-644-6767. This I really like. It, it says the Cubs offseason has so far been acceptable. I think that's a that's a very mature look at it. And I, the last two seasons have been hard on Cubs fans in the way that the Cubs went out of the 2020 playoffs have been hard on Cubs fans. If you look at what they had and and how long ago them winning the World Series feels, it it simultaneously feels like yesterday and it seems like forever ago. Yes. Then you had the breakup and the breakup with Cubs fans and the core of that Cubs team that won the World Series, it felt like it went on forever because you had the first salvo of it of, all right, Rizzo and Bryant and Baez and Schwarber, they're gone. And then you had this weird thing where you had Wilson Contreras just kind of here, just kind of sitting here wondering if he was going to leave. Cubs fans were continuously showing their appreciation for Wilson Contreras, every opportunity, whether it was on the road or at home, thinking that he was going to get traded. He doesn't get traded. Neither does Ian Happ. And you're going, wait, what? What are they doing? Like, that's where I think we were before this offseason started to come into a better shape for Jed Hoyer. To me, it's also, though, when you bring up Kyle Schwarber, you know what my first thought is? They didn't have to let him go either. They didn't have to let him go. They didn't have to let Wilson Contreras go. And even though you didn't get your chunk of World Series appearances during that run, those two you could have still kept to build for the next run. And that's how you build that continuous body where you're not constantly having to rebuild from the very beginning. They had that talent capital at the big league level. It would be a real shame if the reason was money, at least for Schwarber, because it felt that way. Well, it, it felt like the Darvish move. Darvish salary dump. Like, right. I think that's just accepted. And, and that's it, see, that's the thing. I think the Cubs fans were like, hold on a minute. That was the change. We, like, that was the flashpoint. Correct. That's that's it. You've, you've pinpointed it. That's exactly what it was. Because the Cubs fans were like, we're the Cubs. Yeah, like, we don't have, have to, to do this. We, this. This isn't the old Tribune-owned Cubs. We don't have to play these type of games. And it kind of felt like that was the the bottoming out of everything. We're like, man, the Cubs are out here selling you Darvish for pennies on the dollar. Some dudes that we still don't know will come to fruition for another three years. Right. It, it felt like all these lottery tickets. And now I think I think that the there have been, and I've been one of the people that have raised these questions. Jed as frontman. It's easy when you're playing the drums. It's not easy when you jump out in front. It was and, also easy to be that. It was easy to be anybody in the front office until about 2019. Mm-hmm. I think that's a an excellent way to put it. Like Theo didn't stay. He bounced. And then you had this kind of weird thing that was going on between During Theo's tenure, one of his biggest successes, in my opinion, was siloing the business side of the Cubs versus the baseball side of the Cubs. Structurally, it needed to happen. Right? I'm going to make sure that 
I'm in charge of the baseball stuff. Crane's in charge of the business stuff. And you've seen the business of the Cubs. Forget about on the field. Everything that has to do with around Wrigley Field, that winter wonderland that they've built, the gambling stuff, buying up all the stuff around the ballpark, it has been an amazing success. And I don't think they're house poor. Oh, they're definitely not. Which then you go back to, well, wait, the baseball side should be taking advantage of this. Oh, if, if they're structurally allowed to. And then a few weeks ago, you had Crane Kinney basically say, we gave the money to, to Jed. Go spend it. So Jed ends up in a little bit of a spot. And I think that he's handled it really well. And I think that oh, it's acceptable. I love what that Cub fan who texted us said. It's, it's an acceptable move towards growth for the Cubs as an organization, the offseason that they've had. And if, they, if they've struck on a couple of players along the way, if Seiya Suzuki is as good as they hope, and I think that he's pretty good, can he stay healthy? Like, that's a big, big deal. If, if, if Jan Gomes is going to be the defensive stalwart that they think that he is and that they've got strength up the middle with, with – with Gomes and Horner and and now Dansby Swanson and Cody Bellinger in center field, they're clearly looking at run prevention as a way to win. I value Jan Gomes, but you still haven't totally replaced the offense of Wilson Contreras. And I want to know who else is going to be catching. Well, Tucker Barnhart. Yep. That's and I, I think that the point that you raised, Layla, about that offense not being fixed, I think is a is a very valid and important one. Swanson's strikeout numbers speak to why he didn't command the same value. He did have a pop in his power, though, and that's a really, really good thing. There's something that I didn't bring up when we were waiting for him, because I don't know why we had an hour of free time on the radio. But it's the the concept of because of Swanson's injuries that he had earlier in his career, I don't think he's I don't think he's a finished product at the plate. And I, I don't think that he would tell you that either. I think part of him getting better will be also what you see in his approach. And I'm looking forward to seeing him mature as a hitter. And I think he is a couple of years behind where you might think he would be because of that. I see some really good text from people that are also inside the Twitch stream with some good stuff too. I want to get to that, but if you do want to call, you're more than welcome to. 312-644-6767 is the number. When we come back, we're going to let you hear from Jed Hoyer, and I want to talk a little bit more about Dansby Swanson being drawn to the Cubs and the Cubs, and I, I don't mean this in a pejorative way, taking advantage of that. We will discuss that next. It's Bernstein and Holmes, Lawrence and Layla, here with you until 2 on The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Midday's 10 to 2 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. You know, I got to meet Bellinger when I was in Chicago doing my physical. Really excited to have him behind me. You know, I think it's a solid roster. And I think, you know, from the Cubs' point of view, I think it's a, a division that if you pour into the, the right guys and, and create the right roster, the division should be, you know, I don't want to say up for grabs. You know, we have to go out there and prove it. But it's a division that's gettable. So, you know, I'm happy that they're adding to it. And I think it's a group that can make some noise. Jameson Tyone talking about joining the Cubs, why he joined the Cubs. On with Mully and Zach when Zach was in here doing a couple of days. That's always nice to see. Is the Bernstein and Home Show. Lawrence and Layla hanging out here with you until 2 o'clock. We are talking about the Cubs and we are, we are looking for your feedback on the offseason that the Cubs have had. Some really great texts have rolled through. 312-644-6767 is the number. This texter from the 630, he, he really, really wrote a, a thesis, but we'll, we'll read most of it. I love having Layla on the air. She brings out the best in whoever she works with. I agree with that. And Wednesdays are, are made better with her on the air. Thank you for being willing to continue teaching and improving players. It kind of feels like the Cubs are going for low risk, high reward on offense this year. That there, people are talking about Tucker Barnhart on the text lines as well. 802 Texas says plenty of teams win in playoffs with weak hitting catchers. Long way to season. I figured Jed would add some offense. It's not a ton of offense left to add out there, although Trey Mancini would make a lot of sense. Plenty for of them. teams making the playoffs with weak hitting catchers who wanted weak hitting catchers despite winning the World Series. Because the other team that wanted him badly was Houston. Right who is also in that situation, but they've got enough offense around the diamond Correct. that it doesn't matter. And even though they, they had enough offense around the diamond, they were like, you know what we should get? That Abreu guy gets on base a lot. Here's $80 million. Come on down. Sure feels like they prioritized offensive war in the offseason, does it not? I was talking to a friend of mine that's a huge Jose Abreu fan, and I asked about how you're dealing with, with this and this person was like I haven't I haven't truly processed it and that first time because you're going to see him against the White Sox to start the season opening day it's I it it's going to bother some people but we will talk about the White Sox on tomorrow's show let's go out to the northwest side and talk with Tony hey Tony you're on the score hey guys uh first of all Happy holidays to you both. Thanks. Happy New Year. Merry New Year. Yes. Um, 
the Cubs, I think they've done a decent job so far, but they need they need power at first base. Trey Mancini would be nice. They need another uh, relief pitcher. I think Andrew Chafin coming back would be nice too. Getting the sheriff back in the fold, adding some depth. Like, you know, Jed actually talked a little bit about that, and it felt like a sideswipe uh, against the, the Southside Nine. Oh, yeah, it did. About, we all had some faces we made during that conversation. Yeah, because you're hearing him talk about the, the concept of, yeah, well, you don't give long-term deals to bullpens and think that you've – building a bullpen to me – I, it's funny that I subscribe to that same philosophy. And can be risky. Uh, I do feel like you know, bullpens are so so incredibly volatile. And you know, in my experience, I think it's really really hard to you know go into an offseason and say we're gonna we're gonna build the bullpen with you know multi year deal multi year deals and and big contracts. I feel like um, I personally would much rather spend those uh, those dollars on you know things I feel like, feel like provide more certainty, frankly, you know? And so we'll look to do what we've done, which is like, you know, try to find guys we think we can improve guys. We think that, you know, can bounce back or we can make some changes to, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm confident we can, uh, with our young pitching and, and, and our infrastructure, we can build a good bullpen. Yeah. yeah. That hits every time that, uh, that, that tracks every time. Why don't we hear some more from Jed? And this is him talking about, with Mully and Zach, him, him talking about the, the philosophies that went into this offseason. Really what we talked about was, you know, what our plan is to, to build something special. And I, I talked a lot about, you know, what Theo and I did when we got here in 2011. And, you know, obviously you always, you know, every puzzle is, is different. But we talked about, you know, the free agents that we plan to bring in and that we brought in last year. We talked about our minor league system and, we talked about, I think that those two things are, are starting to, to merge. And I think when they do merge really well, I think we're going to be really good for a long time. And I talked about how he, you know, uh, the way I see it is the Braves did a really good job, you know, going back sort of when, when we started to, to get really good in 2015 or 16, that was when they started their building process. And Danzu was a huge cornerstone of that with a lot of great young players. And I said, you know, you were, you were a young player and you were one of the building blocks of the Braves build, building process. And I said, like, let's, you know, let's come here and let's, let's, let's be the leader of one, you know, not just be the, the young player, the young shortstop, but be a player that can lead that kind of building process and, and be, you know, sort of at the head of, of something really special. And I think that really appealed to him. I think he takes leadership really seriously, uh, you know, from his reputation in Atlanta. I think he believes that's part of the, part of the job and, and part of what he's good at. And, I think that was appealing to him to having been a sort of a cog in a, a really good young team and, and hopefully leading one. I think was a, I think he looked at his career that way. And if this is the second part where he gets to lead that, I think that's really wonderful. A texter chimes in uh, four six nine. Texter says we don't need a placeholder at first. Mervis will be up by the break. Take that money and spend it on left-handed pitching. I. Why are you making that face, Mike Rankin? You put a lot of stock into a guy who's never been in the bigs. He's uh, wait, yep. 20, 20 years old? And a year and a half in the minors. Do we really think he's going to be up that quickly, or is that just by White Sox prospect age talking? I do think that he will be on the Cubs roster at some point this year. I don't know if by the break, but um, yes, you have to be careful that that there are those guys that are coming to, to fix it. It's weird because there was a stretch where – 
the Cubs were bringing up players, and you're like, oh, that guy's really good. That guy's really good. And then that leveled off with some of the players, and you just need to go back to you need make them prove it to you. Don't don't anoint someone until they see major league pitching. Make them prove that they can mash at the major league level. I also want to offer this, and it was brought up by a texter as well. You can be conservative in your bullpen, bullpen approach when it comes to how you assemble a team, but someone still has to be the closer. So who do we think that's going to be on this team? I think they're going to... I think they're going to try and figure that out as the season goes on. And when Cody Hoyer is healthy, that's your guy in theory. I, I'm a probably so big fan of Cody Hoyer. Yeah, I actually think that that was a, a savvy. Mm-hmm. Even even after everything, I to, think that was a savvy trade. To me, that's, to get him. that's the player that makes that trade. Not the other guy that people continue to long for and I don't understand why. I, I appreciate people caring about somebody and asking about them. And by the way, in all of this, was I the only one who like kept reading the Danny Mendick to the Mets transaction over and over again? All right. Let me ask you a question. Future, I just want to sit there with that for a second. Future Sox Mike Rankin. If the White Sox walked into, and I don't know where Mendick is health-wise, if the White Sox walked into the season with him being their starting second baseman, over Romy, would you feel better about it or neutral? It doesn't really do anything for me because I think what's – we'll talk about this more tomorrow, I'm sure, but the plan, in my opinion, is relying on the depth that they have within the organization. It starts with Romy Gonzalez. Lenin Sosa is a part of this. Is the value of Danny Mendick going to outshine what you have internally? Probably not by much, so I'm okay with it. Okay. Danny Mendick is more established than those two. No, you're right. And that's the difference is you you know what you're getting in Danny Mendick, but they're banking on the upside and organizational development. This sexer says, he, he's got some comments for us, Layla. Okay. He's from the 815. Shocking. 815 is ha- all right by me for the most part. Happy to talk about the Cubs once the ice skating rink and teacups are off the field. Don't the Bulls have a big game tonight? Oh, yeah. I replied and said probably why we're talking about it at 1 p.m. as this is a four-hour show. Yeah. You can't always get what you want. You try sometimes. You just might find you get what you need. How about you let us program the show there, Cha-Cha? There's one thing that I do want to point out that I don't think we have yet, and that's the importance of the Cubs taking an organizational shift as far as to how to have what you call a diversified portfolio. Like we talk a lot about the the Mets sightings and sure, but that doesn't mean that they were able as an organization historically to develop pitching talent. And the same could be said for Houston. They've also developed some incredible infield talent as well. And the same can be said for contending teams. And I'm hoping that, with bringing a philosophy in from Cleveland and with their pitch lab, you're seeing that take shape. I so, present Keegan Thompson. Hey, now. Tomorrow, you know what we're going to do, Layla? We're going to do a similar 40-minute chunk about the White Sox. Since we already kind of snuck it in now. I mean, just a little but Here's the thing. Here's what I think is going to happen tomorrow. And I could be wrong, but this is, this is my prediction. This is how I see view it. Cubs fans are like, all right, we good for now. Tomorrow when I open up these phone lines for White Sox fans. Let's go. 
it's it's going to be like that gif from just Game of Thrones. They're going to be coming at us. We got a sword, and that's it. Ain't no season like the off season. The the horde of White Sox fans that are going to flood these phone lines and text lines and the Twitch stream tomorrow when I do the hey, do you guys want to talk about the off season thing? They're gonna be like, we sure do, Lawrence. We very much would like to talk about the off season. <laughs> Trust it. Like Cubs fans are in a good spot right now. They're just chilling. They're like, let's see what happens with this. Maybe they do add Trey Mancini. Maybe they do get a little bit more pitching. But but really, why has Trey Mancini not signed with anybody yet? That's a good question. Maybe he's trying to find the right fit. To be honest. I, I'm I'm all for like look around and maybe you find that there's some extra money out there because some teams have more money because they didn't sign Carlos Correa. Additionally, I could see him wanting to go to a contender because he served time. Right? <laughs> like he's done the all rebuild. that time in Baltimore, and maybe after being in Houston, you're like, I really like winning. I like this kind of party. It feels good. So we'll talk about the White Sox tomorrow. Up next, something cool is happening for an HBCU, and we get to celebrate one of the greatest players ever. And what it did was it led to us going down a wormhole that left us both going. Are you out of your mind? How could all of those people be on that team? It's really a celebration of sports. We will do that next here on The Score. This is my type of party. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. station, 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 station. We talk about Miami another day. I'm not mad about it. Well, the cool thing about it is that we can also talk about this particular team because one of our friends here in the city was on this team. Jared Payton. You know what? I'm going to have a conversation with Jared because I don't think that he talks enough. Happy late birthday, Jared. Lawrence needs to talk to you. About his his career? I mean, we had a conversation. I'm going to see if I can find it so that I don't have to have Jared tell the story again. I actually, it was one of the last things that I did for NBC because I was at the Super Bowl for NBC doing the uh, doing the Under Center podcast, which our friend Ken Davis has taken over and has been kicking ass on. I was there doing it. And I, Jared was there because it was in Miami. And we were talking, and he started telling me some 305 stories, man. And that 2001 Miami Hurricanes team. Let's go. We'll we'll talk about it in a second. But specifically, one of the members, one of Jarrett's teammates on that team was Ed Reed. If you hadn't heard, Ed Reed is now going to be the head coach of Bethune-Cookman, which is a historically black college university. And he's going to be in charge of the football program. So I'm really happy for 
Ed Reed that he's going to be able to do that, that he's going to be in charge of of that team, and it works because of where it is. He's Florida-made, and Bethune-Cookman is in Daytona. So it, it allows him to get an opportunity as a head coach. Ed Reed is maybe my favorite defensive player of all time. I, mean, I have to really like kind of work through it, but he might be my favorite defensive player that's ever played the game. They did this show where they were doing the best 100 in the NFL. They had a panel as Chris Collinsworth, Bill Belichick, Ed Reed is there because obviously Ed Reed is one of those players being a Hall of Famer. And they were talking about Ed Reed matching wits with Peyton Manning. You have never, I don't care how long you listen to the score or WEEI or wherever you get your Patriots information, you have never in your life heard Bill Belichick talk this way about a play or a player as he's going to talk about Ed Reed. Peyton threw an interception to you. He had studied you all week. I, I had his game the next week. Mm-hmm. Studied you all week. That when you opened your hips this way, when they had this route combination, you were going to hear, and he knew it. He It wasn't a route combination. It was a go. Yeah, it was a go route. It yeah. was, he was going backside to Wayne, Wayne on the go. Yeah. yeah so he had, it, he had it all set up. He... I'm, he, I'm sure he was dreaming about night. He starts, he opens to the middle of the field. As soon as he takes two steps into the midfield, turns, he turns right, in wheels, right turns around. his back on the quarterback, and beats Wayne to the ball. Best play I've ever seen a free safety make. Peyton Manning, I'll guarantee you, knew where Ed Reed was, and it had to fool him that he got all the way there. You knew that Peyton knew yeah. what you would do. Yeah. And so you did the opposite of what he had been studying. Yeah. And he said it's the first time in his career that somebody, he made a career out of thinking what you're thinking and doing the opposite. It's the first time somebody thought what he was thinking back at him and you got him back again. Yeah. And he was still, the next week, just could not believe it had happened. One of the greatest plays I've ever seen in the NFL. Peyton, that particular play, studying him that week, he pumps that way, he throws that way. So if you look at the play, you'll see Peyton actually pump that way first. And then he looked back, and when he looked, he looked at me, and I look like I'm going middle. But I know when he pumps, he's going back. That's why it happened that way. You know, so I was just studying him throughout the week. He's like, oh, this is a gimme. If he pumps, I'm just going to open up, make it look like I'm going middle. But meanwhile, I'm turning the whole time. It was like a punt. Like Coach said, I was there before Reg. One of the, one of the best plays I have ever seen. Three different times. Three different times Bill Belichick goes, that's the best play I've ever seen a free safety make. As they continue to dissect it, he goes, it's one of the greatest plays in NFL history. One of the greatest plays I've ever seen. That was built like you've never heard Bill Belichick's voice be that high before. The unbridled joy with which he spoke. But that's Ed Reed. That is Ed Reed. And it's beautiful. Like, that's the, when you are a smart, like, as smart of a player. Like, people give Peyton Manning all that credit. Like, the idea of a free safety being like, I have his tendency. I have his key down. His key is he's going to pump. 
So I'm going to act like I'm falling for the banana in the tailpipe and the whole time knowing that he's going to go there. So I'm going to turn around mid play and get to the spot of the ball. But not just that, to have the physical power of being able to execute it against, at the time, one of the best receivers in the league. I mean, Bears fans know it very well how good Reggie Wayne is. That's it. To be able to pair that level of game knowledge and, frankly, brilliance with talent, it's special to say the least. Ed Reed is a player who, when I was trying to open up my football horizons outside of like Texas and then the college game. And then like my favorite AFC team being the chiefs at the time. I feel like Ed Reed was one of those players that first came into my understanding of football when I was still absorbing and like broadening my horizons. And even then you knew he was going to be that dude in the NFL. He's also like the coolest dude too. Like I I was in new Orleans and I had just gone to a breakfast place in um, on Magazine Street, and he walked in, and I was dumbstruck. Like it was just like a, it was, it was. I was there that week that the Saints should have been playing in the Super Bowl, and everyone there was furious. Yes. And Ed Reed like just walked in, and it was like royalty had walked into the place, and everyone like he's just cool. So I'm happy that he got the job at Bethune-Cookman. And I I do wonder if Deion Sanders has opened up the door for more people to, to maybe consider that as, as, as a route for them to get to the next part of their coaching career. And to just celebrate HBCUs. Well, Eddie George is also Eddie George got the job at Tennessee State when Deion got the job at Jackson State. But, but shout out to, to all those guys that want to go and try and build something. The crazy part is then Layla and I did this. We started looking at the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. Because okay? Yeah, that was my, that was my, like retroactively, I looked back at the, the Jimmy Johnson Hurricanes. But Can, I had the pleasure of looking at the current, the 2001-2002 Miami Hurricanes. To me, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better team in the history of college football than this one. It is. Read the roster. It's, this, it. this roster is sexy as hell, y'all. It's so good. It's sexy as hell. Ken Dorsey's the quarterback of that team. He's now the offense coordinator for the Bills, who were just in town. I'm going to give you the running back depth chart, Okay. Willis McGahee, Clinton Portis, Frank Gore. Okay, hold hold on. I'm not done. Because you know what they were hiding at the fullback spot? Najee Davenport and Jarrett Payton were hiding at the full fullback spot on this team. Their tight end, Jeremy Shockey. Their number one receiver on this team was Andre Johnson. One of my favorite players. The left tackle on this team was Bryant McKinney. What are we doing? This is just the offense. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, what? Then, 
Oh, their backup tight end was Kellen Winslow. Yeah, I was I was like, wait, Kellen Winslow is part of this, right? Roscoe Parrish was another one of their receivers on I'm this a team. Something soldier, I believe, was birthed out of this team. Yes, and now he's serving jail for a lot of crimes and bad guy. Yeah. One of the scariest yeah. ever. Yeah, that was a red flag when he said it. Uh-huh. Their linebacking core included Jonathan Vilma. They had Vince Wilfork playing defensive tackle for them alongside Jerome McDougal, who was playing defensive end. Their safety, we Ed Reed, is playing one safety spot. Guess who's playing corner for that team? Sean Bleeping Taylor and Entrell Roll. <laughs> It's it's the baddest team. This is this is Philip Buchanan was their nickel. Folks. Why weren't you like undefeated every year? You talk about a bonanza in recruiting. I- <laughs> they wait, so the next year they lost to Ohio State. Wasn't that like the last second? There was some bad referee call that got everybody hyped up and crazy. Yeah, I think and, so. Yes, and Willis McGahee 312 did suffer a really bad knee injury. Yeah, it's part of the reason that Jarrett got to play is because of the, the knee injury. Like they had a bunch of injuries, and Jarrett ended up playing in the Orange Bowl that year because they were out of running backs. This this is this is a, like the running back depth chart alone. Like, like for real, this is ridiculous. This is Willis McGahee. The secondary. I, the secondary does it for me. I'm like, yeah. Willis McGahee, Clinton Portis, Frank Gore, Najee Davenport. You ain't beating that. You're not beat you're not beating on that's that's why Ken Dorsey could quarterback that team. Man, you could even argue that that also like helped shape the the talent of the league, like as a whole. Look at all these in it, like, like moving forward. Though. They're legit Hall of Fame players that are on this roster. Like it's disgusting. Like it's so good. And just I don't just the brilliance too. Just the attitude of like being able to match your physical ability with with your study. I can't even imagine what that feels like. Do you know how good that, like, if, if you're anyone who's on that team, how good it feels to get off the plane or the bus? Cause you, wake up. Cause you, how good it feels to wake up. Because you know you're going to win. You know it. Like, Bryant McKinney gets off the bus. We win it. 804 says the Hurricanes had to be play, paying players to get that roster. My first words to Lawrence after we read that read, read that roster was, Poor Nevin Shapiro is just a little ahead of his time. He's a little ahead of his time. He missed by about two decades. Please know that's dripping with sarcasm. Jim Ozarski of the Journal Sentinel is going to join us next to talk about Bulls Bucks. See, you can get your Bulls Bucks stuff too, 815-TEXTER. Also, also, the afternoon show has a, if you like hoops, you are in luck. You're going to get covered today. Wow, yeah. Back after this on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.